Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. We are recording, and we are here, and we are present. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to Know Thyself. Uh, I'm Eduardo Manteca, and I'm here with Daniel Powinski. Hello. And uh, thank you for joining us again. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, I do recommend that if you are a new listener, um, to sort of check out some of the episodes prior to this, because what we're going to jump into today specifically is a lecture that uh, both Daniel and I have been doing much discussion over. And, and this lecture is by a man named Manly P. Hall. And the topic that we are going to be covering today is victory of the soul over circumstance. And what that really means, um, and there's going to be a lot of ideas that we'll be presenting that fall into most of the principles we already covered. Um, but before we even jump into this topic, I'd like to um, sort of explain who Manly P. Hall was and uh, give you an understanding of why we... Um, why we relate to to his lectures, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. So, uh, so yeah, just to start off, Manly Pihal is uh, is what we would consider the man. Um, really, really great individual. Um, this is an esoteric occult teacher who started to teach in the 1930s and um, taught all the way up until the 1990s. Um, and this is a really important aspect because one of the great responses that people have been kind of inquiring to us about on our Instagram and through our emails is a lot of people are looking for book recommendations, which is really great, which means you guys are, you're really interested in these subjects and you want to learn more and you're looking for resources to, um, to kind of expand that knowledge. And that's what this whole podcast is about. So that's kind of what really helped fuel this episode today. And um, one of the greatest resources that I know I found and Eddie resonates the same way was when we found Manly P. Hall. Um, so Manly P. Hall is a, He's a Canadian-born um, occultist who did a lot of his research is right from Los Angeles, is kind of where they set up the headquarters. But like we were saying, he started his research in the late 1920s, um, published his first book, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which was called Secret Teachings of the Ages, right in the, around the 1930s. Um, and this was his first book that he published, and this is probably his most popular, and this is a great breakdown. Anybody who's getting into this, this studying and is trying to find a good book to kind of jump into, this is a great reference point for you to start. Um, so this is a very gifted individual, um, mostly self-educated. Um, I don't even think he graduated high school. I feel he was educated, was kind of raised with his grandmother, had a very interesting life prior to finding this information. And it was actually, he was in Wall Street. Um, he was working on Wall Street and was around for the um, stock market crash of the 1920s, right around 1927. And he actually saw an individual walk outside of the stock office that he worked at and took his own life because the guy just lost all of his money. And it was in that moment that he was like, wow, there's got to be something more important than this. And that's actually what kind of pushed him. So he actually like locked himself in a library for about three, four years, um, just researching everything he could about kind of spirituality and mostly like occult and esoteric information. Um, and was kind of, there was a lot of other great researchers around this time. And he really got onto the scene with the secret teachings of all ages, which again, is this like amazing anthology for you to every occultist student should own this book. It's such a good book. And nice thing is it's kind of broken up into chapters, almost like mini books within it. So you don't have to read it from cover to cover. You can kind of go through and read what kind of uh, resonates with you that day. But again, just a, such an amazing research. And then um, this individual went on to record lectures, write books and write pamphlets all the way up until um, his mid nineties when he passed away. Um, so he is an individual. He created an institute that still stands in Los Angeles called the Philosophical Research Society. So it's PRS. Um, they still to this day run amazing lectures. They have an amazing bookstore. 
They have probably the coolest library in the probably in the United States right now. Um, it's a public place to go to. So if you ever find yourself in Los Angeles, looking up the PRS is a great is a great resource um, to even just watch a lecture or just to kind of take a look in the library. And it's a really beautiful campus. Um, but the really unique thing about this individual is he wrote about every occult subject from astrology to alchemy to Western mysticism, to Eastern mysticism, to esoteric Buddhism. Um, Early on in his career, he wrote a lot about ceremonial magic, has so much text on ancient philosophy, medicine, um, really any esoteric subject. And the great thing about this individual is he was an occultist. So it's not just right brain kind of creative um, new age information. It's very much anchored in left brain analytical information. And that's something that's really important when you study these old occultists and esoteric teachers is although they used intuition, they would have to test everything in the physical world for them to actually write about that. And it's just a little bit more of a grounded information. So most of the information that Eddie and I kind of research on is usually around from this era. There were some amazing, amazing uh, individuals from H.P. Blavansky, Manly P. Hall, like we just spoke about. There's another great individual named Albert Benjamin, who wrote under the name of C.C. Zane for the Brotherhood of Light. These are much more dense information and much more analytical spiritual information than what we're really kind of seeing getting published today. Um, I'm not saying that everything is wrong that's today. It's just it's a little bit unbalanced. And some of it is um, it's almost a little bit like exaggerated. And it doesn't have those like strong old principles that you really kind of want to tie spirituality to because spiritual information um goes back to the beginning of time. And so it has principles. So you want to make sure everything you're kind of studying is aligned with those principles, because if anything, our spiritual IQ today is a lot lower than it was in the times of Egypt and those times, right? So you really kind of want to align yourself to principles of that old, because there's nothing new under the sun and kind of build off of that. And this is, this is an individual that did a great job of that. So again, you can find so many of his books. He has hundreds of books, hundreds of pamphlets, and you can even just um, on YouTube find his lectures. And again, his lectures could be like an hour to two hours long. And sometimes, you know, the information is so dense, it's kind of like hard to finish one. But if you just take it into chunks, um, any subject you're interested in, even when it comes down to personal subjects like depression, um, anxiety, certain things that we actually really kind of encounter in our everyday lives, he made a presentation or wrote a book about it. So he's a great resource to go to and really can kind of help you answer so many, so many questions. So yeah, so that's kind of why we wanted to um, look into one of his lectures today. And one of the lectures we're going to look in today is um, like Eddie said in the intro, it's the victory of the soul over circumstances. And this is something he did He's got to be like ninety something when he was doing this lecture. I think right? it was yeah, nineteen ninety, if I'm not mistaken. I know he he passed. I think five months or something uh, right after that. You can find this on mm-hmm. on YouTube for sure uh, with that title, which is you know, victory of the soul over circumstance. And and the reason we decided, I think, to to bring up this not I think, but I know we decided to bring the subject in is because now that we've talked about so many principles um, and sort of discussed their meaning, it's nice to sort of reference other individuals who are basically leading people into an idea that either they already had about what it means to be human and to be here, and also how to act on those principles or how to not ignore that which could help you ascend or in the case of um, less of a spiritual term, succeed in this lifetime. And so that's what why we decided to sort of bring in this lecture and, and you know, understand what he's really um, bringing to light to his uh, audience in the lecture and how it relates to know thyself. Because once again, not to reiterate, but this podcast is to make sure we can understand these principles and then apply them. And, and this man does a good job at sort of explaining uh, and uh, what it what it what that is in between 
the two and the two being the principle and then the actuality or the actual, uh, the act of doing such a thing. So, um, yeah, no, perfect. Perfect. So, um, yeah. And so like, like, um, Eddie said, the title of this lecture is the soul over the circumstances. And it's really looking at the circumstances of the world. And this is a, again, this is an important one, just because of the time we find ourselves living in this world. Um, it's very easy to kind of get distracted and bogged down and to kind of feel negative. So, they gave us a great opportunity to kind of bring this one up too. So the first thing we kind of want to go for before we even start moving into this lecture, um, and this is just kind of a good little reference point for us moving forward, is what is the difference between the soul and what is the difference between the spirit? Um, Because these two are going to represent two different things in esoteric understanding. So the spirit... um, the spirit almost can be said as like the spirit he or she is. So we are spirit and the soul is something to say as something we have. So we are spirit and we have a soul. So to kind of break that up, spirit is kind of like the, um, this is the divine spark. Okay. So when we were talking about that generative principle last week, that pr- that energy that pumps the heart, that energy that won't let us you know, when you're underwater and you come up and you may, you just take that breath immediately. This is that divine spark of what you could call God, or if you're not comfortable with God, universal consciousness. Um, but this is that, this is almost the emanation of that God or that divine intelligence, which we carry in the deepest rest recesses of our beings. Okay, so this is immortal and this is eternal. So the spark this is the spark of life. So spirit is really this, this divine spark. It's that life-giving energy, okay? Um, this is what illuminates us at crucial moments in our life, okay? Hence a spiritual experience. So a spiritual experience is usually something that happens when you have like a traumatic or very almost like etheric like situation, like maybe like giving birth of a child, or you could also have a spiritual experience when you maybe lose a loved one. Okay, it's that light that kind of shines through, um, and it's really that's that's the hints of what a spiritual experience is. Okay, and so we'll kind of go into that a little bit deeper when we actually look at the soul. But we really could compare this to that. Say if if God or universal intelligence is this really large body of water, this is the drops of water. Say it's like a spraying water like a hose. We are the little droplets of the water spraying from the hose. And this is the this would be like almost the equivalent of the individual human being. So man is a spirit incarnated in a body. Okay, so that energy that gives us life and that generative principle is what spirit is. Okay. Um, spirit comes from the Latin word is spire, and that literally means to breathe and breath. Okay. And that's what gives us life. So spirit is that life essence. Okay. This is why um, in the Old Testament, when Moses comes across the burning bush and he's like, who are you? And the burning bush responds, I am. Okay. And we'll kind of get into how powerful those words I am are later on in this lecture. Um, But really that is, that's it. Like that's, you know, you so many times you hear people say like, I am, and then they put their profession or I am a mother, I am a father. And really to properly answer that question, it's just... I am, period. I am a spirit. I am a, you know, a man embodying spirit. So that's the spirit. So spirit is this life-giving energy. The soul, the soul is more of the intelligent animal part of the body, okay? This is what we call, the soul is what we would call your personality or what me and Eddie kind of like to call your character. Um, so the soul is really just the accumulation of all the experiences you've had on life, whether good or bad, okay? Um, so man's ultimate goal consists of this marriage between the soul and the spirit. And why this is necessary for us to cultivate consciousness and intelligence kind of lays into this point. So really what we're trying to do is almost educate the soul to recognize the spirit that runs the body. So the soul is is kind of like a young animal or a small child upon which we must impose our will to teach it obedience and to be guided so we don't just almost 
exhibit those animal instincts like that R complex we talked about in the early episodes. So the soul is something that very much has to be trained and cultivated and educated. The spirit is kind of like an all-knowing, intuitive, um, like we don't need to digest our food, right? We don't have to think about digesting our food. Spirit kind of takes care of that. Spirit takes care of us breathing. We don't have to pump our own heart. That's that energy of spirit. That's that God emanation going through us to give us life. The soul very much needs to be trained and it needs to be um, obedient to the development of the self. And really what that is, is the soul acts almost as that bridge between the body and the spirit. So yeah, that's kind of why it's so important for us just to kind of get a definition. And again, if you just think about it, especially the last 10 episodes that we did, um, you know, getting that common language so we understand where we're jumping off together at. Um, and that's kind of really important so we can kind of build on some topics. And again, depending on different schools of thought, the language might be a little bit different, but that's how we kind of define what we do. So you can kind of look at maybe the language that you've heard before and kind of adjust it because most esoteric and occult stuff is talking about the same thing. But again, this information is from all around the world. So sometimes different words are used in different places. Um, so that's kind of why we want to just kind of set up a nice base understanding for us to, or foundational understanding to build a nice, beautiful edifice with. Oh, well said. Well said. Yeah. One of um, many things that are spoken about in this lecture that relates to that is just something so basic that we all know, which is the work of goodness. And as Manly P. Hall puts it, the work of goodness within the growth of a person throughout their life. And, you know, we've all heard about this from the time we were, you know, born, you know, that there's a, there's a need for us to not just grow as individuals, but also help others along the way. And, you know, these gradual changes um, can be seen and felt um, mostly in what Manly P. Hall describes as this magnetic field. And I think this is what people really are talking about when they say, well, if you would have met my friend or my grandmother or whomever, there is this aura about them. There was this light about them. There was this innate ability or sorry, this, this profound ability to, to really um, kind of not just emanate this sort of light that comes from within, but effortlessly done. And what this lecture specifically talks about, specifically talks about is how to continue to ascend within yourself by just these small victories that allow transformation of what we call a luminous quality. And it will increase to its full potential um, until we see what I know Manly P. Hall talks about, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but what he calls the golden garment, um, which is earned by the righteousness of the individual. So those who have taken the steps forward, and you can read about this in biblical um, uh, passages and, and, and other religions um, uh, before the Bible even, they talk about the goal of the soul reaching a higher uh, ground. And it really does start with something very basic that most of us, again, are born with. We're not born evil or bad. So to be able to recognize these small victories, um, you know, is extremely profound and helpful along the way of your life, but also to understand that they're not impossible. And I think a lot of organ organizations or at least religions have kind of made you believe that it's an impossibility or it's a life's work. And it is a life's work, but it's small wins, small acts of kindness, for instance. And we all know that, you know, when you do something that you didn't have to, whether it's greeting someone or going out of your way to help someone, it is an effort. It did take effort for you to do that, which is why some people neglect doing that, is that, well, why should I? But why should you not? And when you do, you will see that small victory um, or at least feel it within yourself. And that's why you will meet these people along the way that you can, in an instant, say, well, there was something about them, something about their aura. But 
whether that person is aware of it or not, they've probably done their own sort of great work, individually speaking, with those small wins and gains, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense, man. Um, And I think, too, that's it's such an approachable thing, you know, you don't compare anybody else, don't compare yourself to anybody else as they are today, compare to yourself to who you were yesterday. And that's such a good way to look at that. And, you know, we, we need to make just, you know, incremental steps to our progress of what you call salvation or the bettering of ourselves or getting that golden garment. Um, and it's not this overnight thing. And I think that's also why, you know, when we make these improvements, um, again, like, do you want to try to take away stuff like vanity and arrogance and stuff like that out of your life as quickly as possible. Absolutely. But, you know, these small victories that we take, as long as we're better than we were the day before and we made these small gradual victories, that's kind of what this whole journey is about. And again, remember, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. So I think sometimes when people find this esoteric information, it's so exciting. You kind of get in and you just like take off as fast as you can, which is really good because you have this momentum and you can make a lot of strides to kind of fix some bad habits and some negative thoughts. And that's really good. Um, But again, remember that this is a marathon. So you want to make sure, you know, you don't want to just do a bunch of good work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then take off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then sprint again on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's about that gradual work. And, um, a great way to kind of look at that too is just remember that God or universal consciousness is reached through the doorway labeled labeled love and service. And that's so important. That's why the last major prophet that we saw come around was Jesus of Nazareth, because that whole religion, especially when you get to the base esoteric understanding of Christianity, that was all about doing service and good for others and being charitable. And that was so important in the evolution of consciousness for humans, because again, every prophet kind of comes and teaches a different lesson. And we really need to be aware of this last prophet that came, because again, the Buddha kind of taught us that we can go in within and find enlightenment. Jesus was all about taking that enlightenment and pushing it out into the the world that you find yourselves in. But you couldn't do that until you found yourself. And that's, that's really important. So, you know, we do this these high spiritual values and practicing love towards all human beings, all life, without distinction of class or color or anything like that. That's really what's going to make those those really important things um, and those strives for us. And a lot of that has to do with, too, when we talk about this victory of soul over circumstances, it's about seeing the good in all situations or seeing where the growth can come in all situations. Okay, so that's um, that's not an easy thing to do, especially like when we find the situation we are in now. But there is good that can kind of come from the situations we find ourselves in, even if it's really hard to see. But getting negative, hateful, and living in fear, it's it can't it can't give you any kind of solution, right? Because again, we talked about polarity. You don't you can't dry clothes by putting water on top of them. So if somebody's giving you fear and you reacting by fear it's just going to push that polarity further left. Right. Um, I don't know why we're, we're on a new, I'm on like a new Testament, old Testament kick today, but there's a story in the new Testament when Jesus is walking with his disciples and they come across a, um, a rotting carcass of a dog and the disciples kind of all look back in like, Oh, that's disgusting. The smells really bad. And they're kind of like shielding Jesus from getting too close to this dog because they were worried about disease and the smell and they just didn't want to put that in front of who they thought was their prophet. And Jesus walks right up to the dog and he's like, look at that te- the teeth. They're as white as pure pearls. And what that's signifying is finding the beauty in situations. Even this this dying, this dead dog carcass, Jesus went up there and was able to find beauty in the situation. And that's so, so important when we talk about the victory of the soul over circumstances, because remember, the soul is the recording of all the events, the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions that you're going to participate in this life, okay? It is it is what you get weighed on, right? When you go to the underworld and you look at any like ancient philosophy or religion, like an ancient Egypt, this is where Thoth would weigh your soul. He doesn't weigh your spirit because the spirit is God. Like they don't need to weigh the spirit. They know the spirit knows what it's doing. What's the weight of the soul? Is it lead and heavy 
or is it light and angelic? And that's kind of what that whole thing is because they weigh you against a feather. And how does it weigh against the feather? And so that's all about processes. It's about finding the positive and the ability to grow, which I should really say, um, in every situation. So even if there's not a positive, well, what can I do to grow from this situation? And that's really what you need to look at because this whole thing is about growth. Like Eddie said, climbing that ladder, well, that ladder's you don't get to the top of that ladder and you're done. There's another ladder that happens, right? It's like musical notes. You go seven steps up, that eighth next musical note, you're on a new octave. You're starting that ladder right back on the ground, but you're at a higher frequency, higher vibration. Um, and that's really important for us to be aware of. So as we kind of look at it, like Eddie said, these these small victories are so important because they're these small victories we do with our thoughts and our emotions and our actions are what are creating that aura or that magnetic field that he was speaking about. And, um, you know, again, this is something that I think people kind of push away as like just new age stuff, but I was just spending some beautiful time in Sedona, Arizona, which is a very spiritual higher thinking kind of place in Arizona. If you guys ever get the place to travel in Arizona, Sedona in the Grand Canyon, uh, skip Phoenix. So you can skip Tucson, just go straight there. Uh, it's two of the most magical places I've ever been to, um, on top of a few other places. Cause this is a, an amazing country. Um, but they actually have places where they'll take a picture of your aura. Um, other maybe mystic bookstores around you will do this. This is actually a real technology. Um, this is scientifically proven that I can take the magnetic picture of your body. And it's just so funny how like even the people I was with just like kind of like wrote that off like that's that's nothing. But there there actually is. They can actually, I mean, if you think about it, we we have a machine that can take a picture of that magnetic field and it can kind of look at it. Now, how somebody de- deciphers deciphers your aura and stuff, I think that kind of comes down to their interpretation. And there could probably definitely be snake oil salesmen in there. Um, there's still an, a machine that actually can take that picture. So we actually know that this is a physical thing. Um, and you do, you want to create that that aura to be light and luminous. You don't want it to be dense and heavy. Correct. Right. Correct. And, and one thing I really wanted to, and not to get a, ahead of ourselves, and it will always go back and forth. Uh, you'll know this uh, as you listen along the way. But one of the things that um, before I get into transmutation, um, you know, I want to reiterate the thing I just said a little earlier, which is how we're not bad or evil, but made of particular uh, substances. Okay. And these substances, um, they will gradually gain power, you know, or control over us. And we react Well, we will react to these um, particular substances like any kingdom uh, and, and any of these beings um, or any beings on earth. But the difference here though, that we have is we have the power to, really do this on our own as individuals because other kingdoms as manly p hall was describing are left to spirit that withholds them together so those kingdoms so you're um, talking about like the animal kingdoms yeah like the animal kingdoms i'm talking about you know um, particular um uh, geographical environments or 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 particular um synchronicity that has nothing to do with the individual's action they're all kind of in an autonomic place and time a group consciousness a group consciousness of of course and so and that protects the order of life of course but for us what protects the order of life as an individual is to understand how to you know ascend within this transmutation and this is where i think again not to get ahead of ourselves but this is where we should sort of explain and i'll let daniel do this what alchemy really means because this transmutation um which is the stone of the philosopher are those substance that we are allowing to be created into that lead that Daniel's talking about within your aura, you know, that will weigh you down or at least allow you to be lighter in a sense of, um, what, what your soul is carrying. And you'll read this in, in mul- multiple books and, and you've probably heard, you know, us talk about a little bit about alchemy, but I really wanted to know Daniel more about this transmutation into gold or, the alchemical process. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. Um, and, I, and I do, I mean, just to kind of reiterate, because I love how you brought up the animal kingdoms, and you're right, the animal kingdoms, 
again, our, you know, the, the, when we were talking about the brain and remember we were breaking down the R complex was reptilian and then the mammal, which is limbic. Mm-hmm. Um, but animals definitely reacted more what you would call a group consciousness. Right. Um, and that's why birds can just change direction at any time. That's why ants can be so organized with really no brain whatsoever. But it's, again, it's that group consciousness and they're, they're kind of moving as a whole and they have that understanding of unity. Right, like an animal, like a dolphin, when they're in their pods, knows to protect another dolphin. That's why sharks are so afraid of dolphins, is because when a a shark sees a dolphin, they're always in a pod. And if that shark attacks one of them, it doesn't matter how afraid they are of that shark, they're going to attack because they know they have that unity consciousness that they understand that they are one. Right. So with humanity, it's like a it's like a gift and a curse because. Again, we have this ability to become self-immortal and really build a soul, but it's a very much an independent process. And we're almost, by that ability of being self-aware of ourselves and knowing we're actually going to die, we lose that connection with that unity consciousness, which animals do have, right? You see like a pack of wolves, you see how just animals work. They have that group consciousness, right? They will sacrifice themselves for the better of the group, where... In humanity, it would only take a very conscious individual to be able to make that sacrifice. Most people would hold on and sacrifice even their loved ones before each got to them. You know, does that make sense? Oh, it does. So, um, again, when we kind of we'll, and we'll kind of get into, um, I'm really excited when we talk about the uh, pretty much the reincarnation of the soul and how the soul develops because it kind of covers all of this and it's in a really fascinating topic. Um, but yeah, one of the things of us being self-aware of ourselves is we can we understand the subject of alchemy. And alchemy is very, very fascinating. And once we start speaking about alchemy, you'll start seeing that alchemy has been present with you your entire life. Um, it's been pushed to you through media. Um, you'll see these what they what we're actually speaking about. And this won't again be new knowledge to you. It's just going to be kind of giving it a new name. Um, but alchemy has. Um, where that root word comes from is al, which would be from. So al would be from. And then kami actually stands for kamet. And kamet is actually what ancient Egyptians called themselves. So we, we call it ancient Egypt now, and we call that land Egypt. But if you were from Egypt back then, you would actually call it kamet. And kamet means the black land. Um, and that means that was in reference to the soil, because the Nile soil was so, the Nile would flood every couple of years and it would nourish the soil and they would have a lot of crops that would grow up. And that's how they were able to create and sustain the most amazing civilization that we know of on earth. So Alchemet, it literally means from the black land. And when you really start looking about alchemy, you can kind of see that that, that actually definition goes even deeper um, because, or that etymological, etymological de- definition goes even deeper because it really is the transmutation from darkness to light. Um, so Eddie was talking about base materials um, and transferring those and taking those through transformation of till gold. And this was a physical thing. This is also a mental thing. And this is also a spiritual thing. Um, but that base material is kind of what you're working with and what you start with. And that evolution, that transmutation into gold, it's really really those seven steps of the musical note to go up those seven musical notes to get to that next octave. But in that process is where you kind of develop gold. And gold is always seen as the metal of the sun. It's light, it's malleable, and it's it's beautiful, and it actually had medicinal properties. Um, So when people speak about alchemy, it's really just about self-transformation, Physical alchemy was more of an allegory for you to go through this process because the spiritual information would would get you burnt at a stake for the majority of its history. So they gave it an allegorical process, so people actually thought it was a physical thing. Um, Now, was there people that physically turned lead into gold? We believe so. We believe that you can actually do that. Like We've actually proven that with science, how you can actually hit neutrons and electrons around to produce other materials. We see that with the periodic table of elements, when they create a new element, that's pretty much what they're doing at this point. So it is actually a physical thing that can be done, but just like as we learned with as above, so below, if it can be done on the physical, it could be done on the mental, and it can be done on the spiritual. 
So really, it's this transmutation of taking your base base substances, which are really like your base passions, and turning them into virtues. And that's kind of what that process is. Okay, lead is heavy. Lead will drown you. Okay, lead is the heaviest, darkest metal, and it's cold. And gold is going to be the lightest, brightest metal. Okay, um, the sun. Right. This is why in Christianity, again, they worship the sun of God, which is the sun God. Okay. This is why the Mayans and the Aztecs worship the sun God. Okay. This is why we came to America's the, the New World in search of gold. Okay. Of the spiritual properties that came with this. Um, and so in this process of alchemy and transmutation, you're literally making yourself lighter. Okay. And they put it great from an old mystic who said, Angels fly because they take themselves lightly. And that's kind of what the process you're trying to do through this whole situation is taking out the lead, the heaviness of your life. And so that could be depression, that could be jealousy, that could be vanity. Um, This could be low-level thinking. This is kind of that reptilian, me, me, me. Um, This whole idea that we were sold about the Darwinian evolution of survival of the fittest. Um, Again, evolution is a thing, but when the Darwinian evolution, you really messed out the spiritual and mental aspects of that. So there's a whole more to that story, um, to that aspect. So really, this whole base passions and turning them into virtues, taking that base substance and taking it through the process of alchemy. Um, And again, base processes and properties aren't bad. You just, you have to purify them. Right. Um, and that's why the first step in alchemy is calcination. And that's literally you burning everything that is not important in your life and just getting back to the pure white substance, okay? Because that's purity and then building the foundation again. So kind of like how we we almost went through the process of calcination by learning the seven hermetic principles. Because what did that do? It kind of burnt up the knowledge that you had that maybe doesn't fit into those principles, right? And you're like, actually, you know, maybe maybe this doesn't make sense, right? Like maybe there is, you know, maybe love does conquer fear and like all that stuff that kind of shields you away from stuff we kind of got indoctrinated with in our society and with these um, social engineers, how they kind of pump terrible ideas into our brain. You kind of, we were kind of burning those away in those first couple episodes. And then you go through the, the alchemical process, which is a seven day process, or is a seven step process. But this is why you'll start seeing the number seven come up, not only in the musical notes, but in the days of the week. Um, you know, the seven comes up. This is why, like, the Harry Potter movie was done in seven books, right? And what was that Harry Potter book about? The Philosopher's Stone. Like, again, all this stuff is very allegorical, it's very, like, right in front of your face. Um, but if you don't really, recognize it. You don't really see it. So, you know, we'll take the whole alchemical process and we'll go really deep with it on future episodes and we'll take it step by step. But just understanding that it's this—it's that transmutation of base substance into finer, lighter substances like gold. Yeah. The great work. It's the great work. The great work. And, you know, humanity has the power to, you know, redeem itself. We have the the power to, um, to claim redemption um, within ourselves. And I know Manly P. Hall says we must develop this power and strengthen it and permit it to manifest into his or her's daily life. And, and that's something that I think for all of you who are listening right now, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast or any of this sort of information or even back to Daniel's point of even bringing up Harry Potter. Most of this information, you're either longing for it or you already know for it to be true. It's just presented in a different format or in a different way. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's why I think things, again, in pop culture, like certain songs or certain movies or certain things, and I, and I bring those up because we can all relate to them. You can talk to probably most people from various countries and you can say something like Harry Potter and no one's going to be like, well, that movie is the worst. You know, most people who will know what you're talking about will say like, oh, what a beautiful movie. What a beautiful story. But you have to ask why. You have to understand where um, the author got their information or got her information from is something that's not new under the sun. The same thing that we are, are, are stating. But in this case, Dale and I are not just as, as creative to you know, make different schools and spells and all kinds of 
things that, you know, I know she, she brings up a lot from even other, uh, readings, uh, and I'm saying JK Rowling, but, but, uh, you know, at least for us, we're just trying to present to you exactly why you feel a certain way when you do, um, come across these, these ideas. And again, it's most likely from the same principles that we already covered. Um, so that's why this lecture is, is very dear and near to me because, Manly P. Hall does an, a wonderful job of speaking not just to those who understand these principles, but even those who already have felt this way about their journey while here on earth. And I think that that's where a lot of us may lose the appetite for continuing the the search of of what these things are along that journey because Others have claimed to know what that process is or what it requires. And I think that turns people away very quickly because that's not what each individual, as I was just saying, has the power to redeem himself, wants to hear. If you're on your own path, individually speaking, it's very hard for you to hear other ideas and think, well, that's the one I'm going to jump into. And some people will. Some people will, but soon after they'll find out, like, I already knew this all along. So, um, you know, with that being said, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was Dan, um, when Manly P. Hall talks about the the wedding of the Lamb. Mm. And I know that's in the book of Revelations. Yes. But can you really expand on that, about the idea of the marriage or the union of the Lamb, um, you know, with the soul and, and what this, this golden garment is? Yeah, no, and great. And you know what the great thing is, is that's just really going to kind of take a review of the stuff we've just been speaking about. So again, that the alchemical wedding is the wedding of the spirit and the body. And that wedding happens with the soul. Okay. So that wedding garment is the soul and the, the thoughts, the emotions, and the actions that we take in our life create that magnetic field. And that's the visual representation of our soul. Okay. So that wedding garment is literally that aura and that magnetic field we were talking about. And what is the color of a wedding garment? It's white white and pure, right? And that's what that's all about. That we've literally taken out that lead and that density to make that marriage happen. And that's the alchemical marriage. Okay. Now that also is the alchemical marriage is also that marriage between the left side and the right side of your brain, because that's the only way you're going to develop a pure soul is if you are activating that left male side of your brain and that right that right hemisphere of the female brain and creating unison between the two, okay? So there's going to be a kind of multiple marriages kind of happening at, at all times, but that's really what we're talking about in the, um, the golden wedding garment, okay? That's the elixir of life. So this is really, this is from taking, you know, creating pure impurity from the profane, okay? So that's taking those base substances, those base desires, those base instincts of our life um, and transmuting them into purity, okay? And we need to connect the spirit with the body, okay? If we're just the body and the soul and you have no spirit, you're kind of living in a life that we almost spoke about with solipsism, like, oh, what's good for me is good for me. What's bad for me is bad for me. That's going to be where people are almost controllers and they kind of just, you know, pile through and manipulate and kind of control people. And so it's really important that we make that marriage actually happen. So connecting with that spiritual side and connecting with that internal sacred, almost that sacred feminine. Um, But the soul, again, it's that collection of everything. And one thing too with the soul is it's not just your actions. It's also your thoughts and your emotions. Because remember when we were talking about the subconscious, there's no, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between an action and what you're just creating in your mind. Like if you tell somebody off in your mind or you kind of visualize telling yourself something off in your mind, your subconscious is taking that like that event actually happened, right? If you're like, oh, my life sucks. I just wanted, like, this is the worst day in the world. Your subconscious is literally like, oh, is this supposed to be the worst day in the world? Okay, well, let me just give you a flat tire then too, because I don't want to let you down. I just want to give you what you want. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, how could this day get any worse? Like, that's like the worst thing to kind of say. So this 
It's very important that we understand that our thoughts and our emotions are just as real as physical events that happen in our life. It's a vibration. Everything's a vibration. So when we're talking about this electromagnetic field around us, it's just as enclosed as to our thoughts and our emotions as it is with our actions. So creating that wedding garment is, again, it's a full-time gig, and it's that creating of your character, which I really like more than personality. And it's, again, it's that transmutation. It's from taking desire and transmutating it into inspiration, right? That's like taking you, so you're taking a base understanding of something and making it into something much better, right? That's taking passion, transmutating it into compassion, right? Now it's not just the passion of the self. Now it's compassion. How, how do I make everybody feel better, right? So it's very, very important that this, um, that we actually, this wedding garment and our soul is really like almost like the protection of ourself against our reality. Um, you know, and the soul really acts as not only is it a wedding garment, but it's also our shield. Okay. Because when you kind of go through the spiritual process, life is not going to get easier. You just get stronger. And that's something that we really want to know. You know, I think, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do yoga because like, look how peaceful those people work. It looks like nothing bad ever happens to them. Well, that's not true. When you actually get on this spiritual path and you really start knocking off the things you need to knock off in this like five cents construction experience for your soul, more stuff is going to come at you, right? More arrows are going to come at you. It just so happens when you build that soul of higher knowledge and that purity soul, you just have a much stronger shield, Right, it's not this lead shield that you have to drag around anymore. It's this light golden shield, and that's kind of really the vestment we want to bring. Um, and again, this is kind of that whole process. So this is what they're talking about in this alchemical marriage. It's the marriage of the the body with the spirit, and the connecting factor is that soul, and that's what you kind of get weighed on. Oh, well said. So, well said. Well, you know, I don't have much more to add to to this lecture, but I do recommend that. You hear it for yourself, um, you know, Victory of the Soul Over Circumstance by Manly P. Hall. Uh, you can find his lecture again on YouTube, and, and as Daniel said in the beginning, um, you can find more of his literature, um, and and there's just an endless amount of, of information you can find from him, thankfully, and I'm sure we'll find a way to uh, lead you there if you can't find it for yourself by just, uh, you know, reaching out to us. So, um you know, throughout the the next few episodes, we will continue um, conversing on, about other uh, philosophies and other ideas that have been um, presented over time. And in this case, uh, with Manly P. Hall, this episode that I wanted to to bring um, to the podcast, I hope will will open the doors to to other. Um, personality traits that we all have within ourselves that we want to master or overcome if if they're something that we feel we have no direction in overcoming um because that's what this is all about right is is becoming a better person each day and making it a daily practice to better um you know work together in that kind of unison yeah, no, I think that's that's perfect, man. I think that's a great way to look at it. And and again, just to kind of reiterate, you know, this is really what free will is. Um, you know, we we talked about the deterministic factors in life, which is the natural principles and the natural laws, but free will really comes down to how you react to a situation. Okay. There's good in every situation. So even in the moments we find ourselves in now with the um just the craziness of the world really look at, try to find the good in every situation and you want to raise your soul over any circumstance. Um, like even today on my way over, um, I, you know, I was, I was late getting here and I was literally stuck in traffic on an Arizona highway. So it was about like 112 degrees Fahrenheit. And I, um, I have an older truck, so I had to actually turn on the heat to not let my car overheat. And I'm like, literally like baking as a human in my car, uh, and so I could have got like really upset about this situation, you know, and like feeling bad that I have to come over to Eddie's house, like all sweaty and smelly. Um, but like, I just like looked to my left 
And there was a couple landscapers next to me and they just gave me the biggest smile. And it's such a weird time right now because so many people are wearing masks. So you don't really see people's facial expressions anymore, which is a terrible thing. But just like seeing them smile kicked it into my mind really quick of like, man, this is this is okay. Like I, I'm actually here. I could actually listen to this Manly P. Hall lecture. Um, you know, I know Eddie's my best friend, so he's not going to be mad at me. You know, and I really started to evaluate the situation. But every situation, we have a free will. We have a free will position to decide how we want to react to something. Okay, so we can we can react through love, or we can react through fear. And you always want to check yourself that you're reacting through love because that is what's going to expand consciousness and that's what's going to change this world. Because again, with this whole Know Thyself podcast, as humans, before we can change society, we have to change ourselves. It's not going to happen on the opposite. We're not going to get a government in that's going to put these certain laws in and then we're all going to fall into line. We're going to get the government we deserve. So if we're broken, sad, you know, unspiritual people, we're going to get that government. When we raise our vibration, raise our consciousness, and really change our understanding of how this nature actually works, then we will actually get the organizations that actually represent what we are. And actually, it'll probably just dissolve those organizations. So we have to understand that we are the ones that need to change. And that's such a hard thing for us to kind of counter because you were like, oh, this world's such a terrible place. Why would I even start? But that's that's where we have to start. And again, that will give you the golden shield so you can actually raise yourself above the circumstances of this world. And eventually, again, the circumstances of this world won't bother you, bother you, okay? Because again, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. You will raise up and rise up above the situation, okay? The sky's not falling. We are rising, and that's something we have to remember as we kind of progress and proceed on, that the sky is not falling, we are rising. There's a reason why they chose this time to impose all this stuff on us, okay? We're going through a whole spiritual transformation. It's a very exciting time to be alive. This is biblical times. This is an interesting, this is, there's a reason why you incarnated at the moment you did, okay? So take full responsibility, be in the moment, and really strive to become the best person you can be. And again, don't compare yourself to anybody else, but just who you were the day before. And I can promise you will get better. And again, we are so excited to be on this journey with you. Very excited. Right? Well right? said, man. Well said. Well, until next time. Until next time.